The Talking Points podcast is produced in partnership with Fee Michael Gibson and clinicaltrialresults.org. Hi, Mike Gibson and Matthias Scottberg coming to you live from TCT 2021. And we are talking about IFR Sweetheart, comparison of the five-year outcomes of IFR versus FFR-guided PCI. So Matthias, tell us a little bit about what you found. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here, Dr. Gibson. Um, IFR Sweetheart was a register-based randomized clinical trial. In other words, it's, it's a proper randomized clinical trial. But in Scandinavia, we have unique personal identifiers, which allowed us to use our web-based quality registers for online randomization follow-up. This really meant that we could track every single patient, and which we actually did up to five years. Which is uh, great. I mean, in a lot of studies, we have lost to follow-up. You can't get lost to follow-up, I guess, unless you leave Sweden. Is that right? Yeah. Actually, it's true. It's actually true for all Scandinavian countries. So um, in Scandinavia, we can really track every single patient throughout. And we found that we can accurately do that in numerous different trials. So IFR Sweetheart, you know, the whole basis of IFR versus FFR is the fact, obviously, that FFR is good to assess whether the patient has ischemia, but it is associated with some side effects from the adenosine infusion, you know, patient discomfort, a little bit of cost, takes a little bit of extra time. So IFR was really early on a very attractive concept, uh, instantaneous measurement at rest. And, you know, early uh, validation studies showed that it was usually equally good or even better compared to with the FFR at detecting ischemia. So we didn't have any outcome studies. So IFR was one of the two large outcome studies. And uh, we didn't think it was going to be better than FFR. It was a non-inferiority trial. In other words, we were checking if there were any difference between the two diagnostic modalities. So um, this was really kind of the main hypothesis was IFR was non-inferior to FFR at one year uh, regarding a kind of a composite endpoint of all-cause death non-fatal MI and unplanned revascularization. And we decided to follow these patients up to five years. So we previously presented uh, at ACC in 2017, the one-year outcome, which was the primary outcome. And we demonstrated that it was a non-inferior to F IFR, was non-inferior to FFR regarding the primary at endpoint. And we also published that data in New England Journal of Medicine. And now it's been a few. The uh, hazard ratio, like, was it less than one, one, a little more than one? Yeah, well, well, the event rate was a little bit lower than expected. So the event rate in the IFR group was uh, 6.7% at one year and 6.1% in the FFR group at one year with a hazard ratio of 1.12. So well within the non-inferiority margin. And then what we've done is we really kind of looked at the long-term outcome. And this is something that will be presented, uh, obviously, at late-breaking clinical trials at TCT. So um, in terms of the long-term outcome, the composite endpoint of five years of all-cause death and my unplanned revascularization showed uh, an event rate in the IFR group of 21.5%, and then the FFR group, 19.9%. 
And that gives us a hazard ratio of 1.09 with a very kind of narrow confidence interval between 0.90 and 1.33, showing that there was no difference in the constant outcome compared with FFR five years. So There's obviously, superiority all the way through five years. All the way to five years. And we obviously looked at kind of the midterm outcome as well. So we never really saw any difference between uh, the two treatment modalities. And when you look at the components of the composite, was there any difference in Revask or MI? No, obviously, yeah, well, obviously we look at those and yeah, you know, it's, it's, we always not adequately powered for that. And that's always a little bit of the caveat, but uh, when we're starting to look at the long-term outcome, obviously the, the number starts to rise a little bit, but there was no difference in any of the components, mortality in itself, uh, MI or unplanned revascularization. So really, uh, we also looked obviously at subgroups for the composite endpoint in terms of, you know, gender, age, indication, friend, geography, et cetera. And we couldn't really find any difference at all between the two modalities. What was the, what was the upper bound of the confidence? the confidence interval for non-inferiority. Yeah, so non-inferiority uh, was kind of powered for a one year. And uh, we used a non-inferiority margin of 1.4, and that was based on an 8% event rate. And um, so that gave us a 3.2% based on the 8% event rate. And um, which was very standard. We kind of looked at different uh, previous non-inferiority trials and uh, it was kind of well within the margin of what we usually find in uh, you know, um, pharmacy trials and usually actually better than we do in most uh, device-related trials. Great, so take home message for interventional cardiologists out there. Well, you know, the take-home message is really, you can use either IFR and FFR and feel that they're on an equal basis in terms of both short-term and long-term outcome. Obviously, I have a preference for IFR because it's a little bit quicker and no side effects, but you can safely use any of those modalities. Great. Thanks, Matthias, for joining us today. And thanks to all of you for joining us here live from TCT 2021.